Hello and welcome to The Schism. This podcast is all about critical thinking, dot connecting, the nature of reality, and trying to uncover the truth about the world we live in, society, who we are, and where we come from. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Schism. Today we're going to be talking about social media. This episode is called Social Distancing. <laughs> See what I've done there? Oh, clever. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about the destructiveness of social media and the way it's used to control us, divide us, how it's engineered to be addictive and harmful and the negative effect it has on our mental health. But let's leave all that behind for a moment. Yes, let's, let's go. Let's go back to a much more innocent time. Back in time, we the, go. The birth of social media. That was a long time ago, mate, wasn't it? Think about it. It was. And really, when the internet started, I think before social media was a thing, the, the closest thing to it was probably like chat rooms. Yeah. You could log on to like a chat room that would have people from other countries and other networks yeah. from other servers. And you, that's yeah. the most it would be. And you were excited enough to be like... Mum, I'm talking to someone from Australia. And yeah. you'd be asking them, like, so how's the weather there? What what time is it where you are? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and that was enough of a... So that was an, enough to begin with, really. I mean, that was that was quite... I mean, people probably listening now think, what? What is that? Like, what was that a thing? Was... If they can't remember that time, yeah. But that, that was pretty awe-inspiring at the time it was like oh wow sort of you know chat rooms went on for a certain amount of time and i guess you had things like msn yeah messenger and things yeah. like this but before myspace which was like the big one there was there was a couple of like random ones like friendster yeah these really there were a couple <laughs> such a bad name yeah we, uh, we said earlier like there was these really <laughs> niche ones that i don't think anyone was on but yet they still had imagine like right now there being a, a like third party facebook which no one is on except a few random friends of yours yeah. it just doesn't really happen now big, but big shout to friendster yeah you had friendster there was one called six degrees which I only got from researching this i don't actually remember that, no, one, I, but that one. I remember friendster because me, me and a friend was saying that we should start one called Friendface because you had Friendster and then, like soon after you had Facebook and we were like we should start one called Friendface you know like what's the most ridiculous name for one you can come up with hook me up on Friendface Friendface it's like the weird thing it's so close to like Facebook like yeah, it sounds mental it sounds mental it sounds mad it's, it's almost that close in alternate reality you can only wonder that you and like Clive actually probably were the Zuckerberg and go Oh, yeah, 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 just hooking up my friends on a friend face. Yeah, if you tuned into interdimensional cable like on Rick and Morty, you might they might be using <laughs> friend face rather than Facebook. <laughs> yeah. But MySpace is where it all really kicked off. Yeah, for most people, I think with social media, especially people of like our it was our the, age group, it was the profile, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, and it was like it was a much more innocent time for the internet and I feel like it was mainly young people that were using it so it was it was all about like how cool and like funky a page was or whatever like yeah. oh I'm gonna put like animated banners and like pictures of me and my friends yeah, and yeah. You, you had to know a bit of basic coding to, to be able to do it yeah it, yeah it, it wasn't as or, or to make your page not to make like your a page, bag of shit yeah that, that was kind of the thing wasn't it because people had like the MySpace pages but the ones that really went all out 
you didn't want a lame page. So yeah, you, you had to learn how to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it wasn't as simple as now as like copy and pasting sort of background pics, was it? I mean, like Facebook now, I think. I'm not I'm on it, but you sort of do just copy and paste pictures on the backgrounds. But oh yeah, this was completely different. Different. You could like customize everything on your page: the the the, the fonts, the colors, the backgrounds. You could have everything as animated, glittery, whatever you whatever you fancied, and like you you had like your your top friends list, and then you had like your music track that would play when they went onto your page. So it was way more of an immersive experience when they went onto your page. They you really felt like they got a kind of a better idea of who you were through your likes and interests and the music that you chose. And, yeah. You know, it's like a, a creative way of expressing your kind of uniqueness. And- Which is kind of where social media started really, isn't it? That is like what, what it started with. Yeah, and you, you were know, connecting with that- like-minded people like, oh yeah, you follow the same bands as me and stuff like that. Is it, music was a big part of it. It was a big part of it, definitely. And music is a great connector. It didn't feel like uh, networking because a lot of the people when it was so young, they just wanted to like you know make friends, share music tracks, look at people's it was the pages, first thing it was... learn, learn the coding to make their page better. Like... Well, it was kind of sort of aimed at them to start because now, whereas like everyone uses it, back then it was kind of a age group thing. You know, social media only was yeah. used by the young. Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah, it really it, felt like that. Yeah. It took a while even for... The next lot, which would be like the parents and even the family to get started yeah, getting involved. Yeah, so there was like so, this, this great like migration where suddenly people started saying, oh, I'm going on onto Facebook now. Everyone's everyone's going onto this new social media site. And I was like, oh, yeah, really? Like, had a look at it. And I thought, oh, I hate the look of this. This is so boring. Yeah. I mean, to me, it looked like a, a, like a government sort of site it was just like facebook and it's just all ripped like big blocks and yeah like, like no like didn't look like i had much even thought given into this the yeah design. like everyone's page looked essentially the same same yeah there was no they, they'd stripped it of all its individuality like in in terms of the pages looking different and it just seemed so boring and like cold and clinical and like like it wasn't before long that everyone migrated over to there and people's parents are on it and stuff like that. And I was refusing to go. I was like, I'm not leaving yeah. my space. I, I I can't stand this Facebook. I think it's rubbish. And I remember like <laughs> staying in for the long haul. Like, I was literally on my space whilst the tumbleweeds were going across. Like, <laughs> using the wild, wild west. There was just no one on it. You were like sending things out there just waiting for like someone to reply out of nowhere. Like 20 hours and counting. Still no one's replied. <laughs> just like no one's there like anyone <laughs> hello but i like really hung into the bitter end but then it just got to a point where i was like this is just embarrassing i'm having a conversation myself over here so i joined facebook like begrudgingly but i didn't stay on it long like i i, I was on it for a while and then and then i, I just remember thinking oh to hell with this deleted it and then I, I didn't go back on until years and years later but um yeah it's funny how like MySpace then completely just disappeared. Yeah. And everyone was on this new social network, but then people's mums and dads and aunties and cousins and then people that you work with were yeah. Yeah. going on it. And it and it and it seemed like suddenly you couldn't really be your authentic self because well, what will my relatives think or what will people from work think or because because 
you ended up inviting these people, even if you didn't want, want to. Want to? Yeah, you ended up in the end. They send you a friend request. request. What are you supposed to do? Say, oh no, I work with you. Because it's almost a bit uh, harmless as well. They'd, they'd almost be like, "What's the harm in being friends?" And at the yeah. same time, you'd be well, like, "Well, you can't be friends with your auntie. Come on." <laughs> And you're like, well, I don't really want you to see what I'm posting. What are you posting? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, no, it, that was kind of the strangest thing about it because you, all of a sudden, everyone was on it. You know, after the big migration over, then you notice that the, it actually had the title definitely more social networking because the social aspect was everyone had it. Everyone was using Facebook and everyone was picking up more and more friends as part of the week, weeks went by. A lot of it started from the tagging the, the photos, didn't it? That was one of the first things that, yeah, that right, got okay. them going because then they were like, okay, now not only are you in your own one, but you are going to notably notify someone else's profile off your own. And then you're getting all these notifications over the time, more and more updates on, oh, this person shared this or tagged you in this. And, and, and you notice whenever they were like double tagged, like two people tagged on the photo, they'd both have a notification from each on your profile. Yeah, right. Yeah. You, you're, oh, your friend got tagged yeah, in this. Oh, well, yeah. That was the Updating you of like... Your friend of 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 your friend has been tagged in this. Yeah, just stuff that you really don't need to know, but it's like, notification. And you're like, oh, it must be important. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine back then... People's profiles, including things like political views, religious views, and stuff like that. The innocence of the first, what we say we're talking about the beginnings of social media, has completely changed now. Yeah, well, well, the change has been incremental. First of all, you had everyone's pages being like uniformed and the same, and a lot of that individuality and unique expression of yourself that was all just stripped down like that wasn't like it was with myspace they they got rid of all that and they got rid of you doing all the coding they don't want you in the back end of it you know like and they got rid of the music tracks oh people don't want to go to another page and suddenly a song's blaring you know they, they they sort of made it like more simple and stripped down and stuff like that but that but that took its soul yeah, away yeah yeah really and then like one of the changes that they brought in relatively early on, like after a few years maybe, they said, oh, you can't use funny names anymore. Over time, that becomes sort of more extreme where it was like, help us verify that it's you by giving us your mobile. And then it got to a point where it was like, we're, we're updating our services. We, we need you to send us a scanned image of your passport. Oh, yeah. And all this kind of stuff. And then I remember at a point thinking, this is like, a, um, it's like a government controlled operation where I'm having to give you all my details, even scanning my passport. I, I now can't have like a, a handle or some moniker or name or whatever. It's got to be my like birth name. Yeah, and yeah. What the hell is going on here? And it, and it honestly felt like it got to a certain size and then forces sort of moved in and took it over. It got very dark and very sinister very quick. Yeah. And there was all these like trials happening to do with like data mining and how the imagery and the content you were putting up, you didn't actually own. It well, was in the, the terms of agreement. The, the pictures, the, the whole thing with the pictures changed, didn't it? You also, the pictures you put up on Facebook, you no longer owned. They told you that they were taking control of anything. Yeah, that, right. That you'd and, already, and anything you'd already posted up to that point was now theirs. 
and it's all kind of in the small print, like the the episode of uh, South Park where where Kyle doesn't read the small print in the iTunes. <laughs> that, that's one of the best episodes. <laughs> what like Apple kidnaps him? Yeah, it was. A... And then they have. <laughs> then he's forced to do like a, a human sensei pad. That was it. A human sensei pad. experiment because they're like, well, you should have read. Should have read, read the small print. <laughs> but that's obviously a joke on the fact that no one bloody scrolls through all the small print and the terms and agreements on these things, you just click accept. But actually, Facebook were hiding things within that that you really needed to know. No. Yeah. Like, for example, we now own the rights to content that you're putting up. And then suddenly you were seeing Mark Zuckerberg a lot more, but you were always seeing him like on trial or in an interview being asked kind of questions and stuff. And, and he didn't look like the same guy that started Facebook when he was at college and a few friends and every time I see this guy on TV or whatever he looks like he has there's there's a gun just to the side of the camera that's pointing at his head I know that look just say the words Mark just say it Mark keep to the script Mark (laughs) and he he looks don't he looks terrified he looks fucking terrified he's white as a ghost it's like beads of sweat coming down his face like sometimes it's like I mean, I guess he's like an awkward guy anyway, but he looks like he's being held hostage. That's the vibe that I get. It's like, Mark, just blink. Like, yeah, like, just blink twice. Like, let us know that you're in trouble, you know. Like, and it really does feel like the sort of forces that have moved in on Facebook and the other social media platforms once they get to a certain size and, and it, in a kind of mafioso way, they just kind of move in. And it, and, and it reminds me of a story that, Stefan, the originator of Boy London, told me personally that when Boy was earning a certain amount of money in Italy in the 80s, the mafia just stepped in and basically said, right, we're now going to, because they run a protection racket, we're going to protect your shops and we we make sure you're okay, but right. you need to start paying us a certain amount of money because that's just how, how things are here. And Stefan and his business partner at the time, this is all in his book, by the way. She could that read. All about the boy. Where, yeah, they, they got into all kinds of trouble. But it kind of, it kind of reminds me of that. It's like this cartelism. Like once something reaches a certain size, you can imagine the banking families well, they, or the super, super rich well, elite they sort of, moving in and saying, hey, we give you unlimited funding. You just... They probably recognise at that point, don't they? They say, look, Mark, Facebook's got big, mate. But how much far do you think you can take it with the operation that you're running? If you want to be in the big league, we could put you on the face of the map in every computer across the world, except China. But, <laughs> but you know... You, they are friend face. Yeah, friend, friend. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, you, you could offer Mark that, and even as someone who'd had probably huge success with Facebook, you can't imagine him say, well, that sounds great. I mean, my own company is now not only going to be as big as it probably was before them, but it's going to even be even bigger. I think it would be almost in like, like if they could persuade them just by saying, just by the way you just said, oh, we, we, we make it huge, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think it would be a, a godfather, like we're going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Like it it would be put to them in a, in a way that was kind of like this. This has gone almost far enough under your control yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. You, you, it would be unsaid, I can imagine, but it would be understood. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's how the Godfather works. That's how it the probably, Mafia works. It's probably more like, more like, Mark, you've done really well, but how much longer can you yeah. run this game? The like, mob won't step in and say, unless you give us money, we're going to smash your shop up and come back and knock your teeth in. They'd be like, you wouldn't want something to happen to your shop, would you? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They kind of put it to you in a way like, go with us, nothing will happen, you'll be safe. You know, like... <laughs> You know what they're really trying to say. Yeah. They're not yeah. like, oh, they're really nice guys. They've really got, they're, they're really looking out for me. They're really protecting me from them. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But these these people, like Mark Zuckerberg, the same with like this Jack Dorsey character that supposedly runs Twitter. Although this guy, like, he doesn't look, look like he knows how to get out of bed in the morning. I mean, he, he's just a complete mess. I, I don't believe for one second this guy runs Twitter, but he's someone that seems like he's gone on some weird, wacky path, and now I just look at him and think, who the hell are you? And Zuckerberg's the same. Like Zuckerberg is... Is he human? Is Zuckerberg human? It's, it's hard to tell. <laughs> it's hard to tell. He know, has an AI-like quality, quality about, about him. him. He really reminds me of, like, a sort of pre-built Pinocchio. Like, you know... But with a really high IQ chip in it. He reminds me of Data from Star Trek. You know what? That's a good comparison. He's got the same kind of skin complexion and the same kind of like emotionless look on his face. But but same quite smart algorithm thinking brain, like a processor ticking away. What, yeah. what, how was Mark built? We got Intel 7 in Mark. Boom, boom, boom. Booting Mark up in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and if he gets asked a hard question, he's kind of malfunctioning out a little bit. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, yeah, you've actually seen him actually answer real technical questions fine, but you ask him, why is the sky blue? Oh. You ask him what his favourite ice cream is, and he just completely malfunctions. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I, they, they, the, the guys running these platforms, I, I must say, what... They were initially responsible, dude, for for a good service, weren't they? If you think about how it really started, was with a lot of good well-being, you know. In terms, I feel that way. I'm not of, like so on the conspiracy side that I think these was this company was started for sinister reasons. And no, I genuinely yeah. think that it is prob. It was probably like a college project. I think it was at Harvard, right? Yeah, I think I think it was. And you know, it went from. It, had these big leaps, went from one thing to the next and then suddenly went viral. That's what I'm saying. Just at a certain point, something happens where there's like an interception. I'm sure there's companies out there that have been that have been like cult run, so to speak, like from, from the off. You know, yeah. the, these are like government funded operations or institutions like posing as brands or whatever. But like say something like Facebook or Amazon or Google, I think oh, it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of this stuff happened by itself, but then at a point, the powers that be well, kind of swooped in. And the, the money thing control. always does come into it eventually, because if you think when it first start, when it first started off back in the day, all the algorithms changed. All the algorithms on Facebook changed again incrementally, but it, it did seem like at a point there was a huge shift where they were bringing in what they call pay for promotion on Facebook and Instagram that were kind of like, right, we're going to shut all the barriers and to open the floodgates again and actually get your followers that have followed you to see your posts, you're going to have to start paying for stuff. Yeah. And that got worse and worse over time yeah, until it got to a point where if you weren't paying such a, it was like 5% of your followers were seeing your posts. Yeah. 
it was something so tiny. So there was bands that was com that, that were complaining about it on Facebook saying, we've built up 100,000 followers that have all clicked to be updated with our gig and tour dates and then only 5% of them are seeing our stuff. We're a band that's hardly making any money, yet we've got to pay money just for our fans to hear about the gigs. Well, that's kind of the weird thing about where it started because initially, dude, you know, when when we were looking at sort of how social media first went out is it was a free service, you know, and you were allowed to sort of free promote. Yeah, so the algorithm thing was was really messed up because a lot of people had built, in, in, including myself, had built businesses off the back of social media. Now, we, we had a big following of people for my fashion brand that, you know, follow or subscribe or whatever, and they wanted to see our updates. And then suddenly... They couldn't. So we weren't reaching our audience. They weren't seeing our stuff. And to open up them floodgates again was going to cost serious money, which obviously starts eating into your profits. And now it's at a point where to really get your advertising out there on Facebook and Instagram, like you have to pay a hell of a lot of money. So if you're a small brand just starting up, you just won't get a look in. Yeah. And, and it's not like before where, well, you're judged on the quality of your content. So if you're putting cool images up, people are going to be liking them and commenting on them. You're naturally going to get higher in the feed, which is a much fairer system. Well, it's a very fair system yeah. when yeah. you think about it. It's like something getting uh, upvoted, you know. But this new algorithm where it's like, well, the stuff with more money behind it actually goes to the top, makes the whole thing completely corrupt. And... Also as well, it, it just means that the large corporations with the big money behind them are going to get to the top and then everyone else is going to be forced into either paying for promotion or just getting left left behind. See, this is this is what <clears throat> I'm talking about, saying the goods and the bads of social media because, you know, you, you'd build a business up using social media as, as a way of getting a product and a new business out there. Yeah, which and, is great. Which I is great, it for that. you know, you know, and, and with, I mean, admittedly, that was quite some time ago, but it, 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 it was, it was to all extensive purposes. It was useful and it, and it definitely got you going. But could you imagine now, like a business such as something like your It would like be your own? so much harder. It would be so much harder. Like I, I mm. feel like it'd be nigh and impossible. If you're a small brand and you were just starting up and you didn't really have much money behind you, like it would be so difficult to reach your audience and for your even your followers to see your posts. And I feel really sorry for for people that want to start something up now because the odds are just completely stacked against them. And what, what I think is un unfair about it is if it had started like that, then fair enough. But they waited for people to build their businesses off the back of it and then suddenly said, right, now you've got to start paying for it. So it's like a trap, really. Like that's, that's like a drug dealer sort of saying to someone, oh, you know, this first one's free and then this one's friend price and then they keep upping the price yeah, yeah. of like the like drug until and, you're completely hooked and then at the same time they'd be gonna... like they'd be like probably cutting it as well yeah, so right, a bit yeah. like on Facebook you're getting less back you're paying for more but you're still never winning yeah you know? so again straight away what comes to mind cartelism yeah drug dealers or mafia type this is how they they operate yeah so on a timeline it's like after Facebook, your yeah, Twitter in 2006, 
MySpace and Facebook were in like the you know early noughties, like yeah. two thousand three, like yeah. and then Twitter two thousand six. Then you had like LinkedIn, which is more like business led. YouTube, which uh, was two thousand seven. That was like your first real video model one. Yeah. And then Instagram two thousand mobile. I kind of feel like with the introduction of Twitter, because it was more like what it was like text based and more <laughs> opinion led. Mm-hmm. That kind of influenced other social media out, outlets like Facebook and then everything on Facebook seemed like it become more political and everyone, you know, political parties had Facebook pages and yeah. people pushing all kinds of agendas and ideologies and extremist groups and and it felt like it was almost like Twitter's influence onto Facebook where people really enjoyed on Twitter like putting their opinion up. Yeah, like Facebook really changed then, didn't it? it from, from, from being somewhere where you could write a, a jovial comment uh, or just, you know, what's on your mind. Yeah, or like, it was mainly yeah. like, Here, oh, it's pictures of my friend's barbecue at the weekend or like... Next thing you know, people you know, are like... Mundane stuff, like washing my hair tonight. <laughs> yeah, next thing you know, it'd be like people are like, I can't believe what Jeremy Corbyn's like, like telling the about the bloody conservatives, look how they're yeah. treating it. And you're like, oh, like, okay, well, I'm glad you feel that way, but all of a sudden it's right out there in the public forum now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like Twitter really gave rise to this like, yeah, everyone's got an opinion, everyone's got a platform and, and it's good to kind of speak your mind and be opinionated. And then, yeah, Facebook just seemed like it just become like that really ugly. Ugly. That's, that. that's when I felt like all of a sudden it's now been used really as divisive. an engine to create divisiveness. Yeah. You know, it didn't feel like an, an, a social network anymore at all. It felt like this is now a network, which is to create uns- uh, social unrest, if anything. Yeah. Yeah, so then Facebook like started having these things like if there was a terrorist attack or some kind of catastrophic event or something, it was like sign in to check in that you're safe. Yeah. Do you remember this stuff? Yeah, that was that was a new sort of thing. It was like an it? earthquake or a terrorist attack or whatever. And it, and it, and it kept... In, getting more and more ridiculous actually the stuff that they were sort of like saying hey sign in and you're like this is happening a million miles away why do <laughs> yeah. I need to yeah yeah it's, it's funny because there was like ones where they were like bombs going off in like the Netherlands at the airport the Belgian airport and they'd be like sign in if you're safe and I'd be like I'm in London man <laughs> yeah it's like it was like a, kind of, kind and it worked not only am I in London I'm in fucking bed I'm about as safe yeah. as I can be yeah because it's sort of like a slippery soap like once you do it for one event you've got to then start doing it for everyone otherwise people will be saying oh what this one wasn't as important was it like because it soon changed like that didn't it you know if you when they started doing this sort of put your support up by changing your profile well this was the next thing wasn't it it was like they they used they used that then as a way of expressing that more divisiveness being like if you didn't change your profile to the france background or stuff then you were seen to be like Oh, well, you're not on board with yeah, this. Yeah, so there was a terrorist attack in Paris, right? And they and Facebook said, "Oh, click to have this filter across your image of like a French flag." And maybe the show Eiffel towers. What was in the back? I think it was just the French flag, yes. like across your image with like, the opacity turned down or whatever. Woo! And uh, they, put, they put a lot of thought into it. They were like, you know, <laughs> put this on your profile pic to show your support, and people were doing it. Lots of people. But then it sort of gets to a point, doesn't it? Like with so- social pressure where it's like, oh, well, if I don't yeah. change my yeah. profile picture to, to that, are people going to think I'm insensitive or 
Oh, your uh, thoughts and prayers aren't with these people. Well, you don't care that they've been bombed in, in Paris? You don't care enough to just change your profile pic. I mean, it doesn't take long. It's not a big deal. You know, and you sort of like, oh, I've got to bow to this now. And at the same time, it's like... Exactly. What, you don't think I don't care about people being run over by a bus in Paris? I mean, that's pretty detritious. Yeah. I mean, that's horrific. And you might be like, I think this is a bit of a lame way of showing it. Like a real sort of like half ass gesture that just doesn't really hit home what this this tragedy is i yeah. feel like this is almost creating some gimmick out of it like yeah like if anything i'd, I'd rather pay my respects in my own way which is probably actually exactly. think about the like, victims in my own time and think about how that affects makes me feel yeah. not not changing my facebook profile no, or being part of some fucking social experiment that facebook are doing because which, which is how i see this kind of junk now yeah because now they're doing one for COVID where it's like oh, the the rainbow and which they've been using the whole way through the pandemic. What a rainbow has got to do with the NHS or a pandemic. How are the LGBT community not got on their back? Because I'll be copyrighting as fast as using the fucking rainbow. Um, it's like got the rainbow across it, a heart with NHS and it's like then this banner across the bottom. I got my COVID jab and it's like Facebook kept prompting me, hey, do you want to change your profile picture? It's like, I haven't got the fucking jab. You want to change it though? It's like, no, I don't want to change it. Yeah. And again, it's these these nudges in behaviour and social pressure to say you must conform in this way, you must conform in that way. And now they're even doing it with like health, like something that, you know, it's your, your body. Yeah. Like, and they're saying to you like, oh, do you want to, do you want to change your sticker? Like trying to make you feel bad if, if you don't want to change a sticker or you don't want to get a jab. This is the funny thing that we said about the funny thing about it now. Now social media has been used to make people conform to social pressure, to make them support official narratives that they may not even support. Look at example, the election. That was a really good one that you were talking about earlier because they managed to just put a few things in through what was the... Um, what was the old thing? The Great Hack, is I know we, we briefly talked about that. but The Great Hack, yeah, it's they, on they, Netflix. Netflix, right? they, they used very simple algorithms and messaging through people's Facebooks. And this was, you know... Yeah, that's a good documentary for people to watch. If everyone to everyone should watch The Great yeah. Hack. Everyone should, really should. It's, yeah. it's, 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 I think it's brought light to a lot of things about how they use your own information to actually make you make opinions about things that you may actually yeah. not support. I mean, you could be a little bit on the fence about something like immigration without being like, close the borders! And all of a sudden, they were feeding you the anti, like... Look at all the jobs that have been taken by this. They're coming over in dinghies. They've been doing it for years and they're still doing it now. You are unable to do that on on a platform like social media and especially like Facebook without someone coming in with one of those, whether it be the extreme left or the right, coming in one of those very extreme based opinions straight away. If you're not this, you've got to be the other. There's no room on the fence here to be, you know what I mean? You now, and I think that has been propagated from social media now by encouraging more extreme views and extreme opinions and stuff. It hasn't become, also hasn't become, it's certainly not anymore, the gentle, what's on your mind today, Adam? Well, nothing in particular. (laughs) (laughs) 
going to shower and then take the dogs for a walk. My my auntie, bless her, still still puts these kind of like really mundane posts up. Like her like Facebook is full of just like thinking about painting my nails. And then she's like a photo of her like blank toes and then an hour later it'll be a photo of her, of her toes with some nail polish on. Oh, I did it. I painted them. Here's the colour. And then people are like, lovely. <laughs> So yeah. there's still people using it in a, in a kind of innocent way, but who's to say that she's not seen the odd thing that sways her sways opinion her this, opinions, this yeah. way or the other way? Yeah. But yeah, this idea of angry people click more is one of the reasons that I completely stopped looking at Facebook because when I was going down the feed, I, I, I was getting the feeling that it was showing me stuff that it knew would press my, my buttons. buttons. Right. It was really toxic because it was actually showing me more of what, was going to trigger me into getting into a Facebook argument. You know, knew would get that angry response out of me because, like Adam Curtis said in hypernormalization, angry people click more. Well, and that's the whole point, isn't it? Because at the same time, they want He's you pushing to, you to extremes they, the whole time. They want you to use it. If yeah. you, if you, if you, yeah, so were, it's not just dividing people; it's polarizing people. If, it's, it's pushing people to extremes. Could you imagine the most placid person, even? The way they would use the same algorithms would be like there must be turn it up. <laughs> there must be some way of targeting. It's got to be some way some, to make this guy. What is he? What, what, I mean, what, what was it? Puppies, children. It's got to be something, you know. It's his weak spot. You know, they they will find a way to turn even the most placid person. It's kind of finding your weak spot. Weak spot. I mean, that's the thing. It sort of like gets to know you better than you know yourself, and, and knows your your fears and your weaknesses as well as the things that make you tick or whatever. So it's just next level manipulation using your own data against you I mean it really does feel like like <laughs> I mean David Icke calls Silicon Valley the devil's playground and like this this feels like that it yeah. feels like some manipulative device that like Lucifer himself has dreamed up I'm gonna use your own data against you yeah. watch you all just fight and fight and fight yeah <laughs> another Facebook argument I've just started and there's a Twitter war going on over here <laughs> look how many fire emojis this one used yeah. why has he got the same voice as Bill Gates <laughs> Is the Bill Gates devil? <laughs> is Bill Gates Satan? <laughs> yes, Satan. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I thought you were someone else. <laughs> sorry, Bill. Right, right this way. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he does get mistaken for Satan sometimes. Mr. Burns is the first person that springs to mind when I think Bill Gates. And weirdly, there's been talk of Bill Gates about to do his project to block out the sun. Simpson, eh? I'm sure Mr. Burns, I'm sure there's an episode where he's like, I'm going to block out the sun. <laughs> Megalomaniacs. Yeah. Always. Always a megalomaniac. Yeah, he is Mr. Burns. Like, trust in Bill Gates. He's like, trust in Mr. Burns. Like, I want to make you well. Just take my vaccine. And this is like a luminous green liquid. <laughs> you just wouldn't trust him, would you? Yeah, it was kind of, you know, the biggest change was the smartphone. I mean, when social media was really yeah, birthing. In, yeah, in, well, once it was in your hand and it was like 24-7, you could access it. Access it. That, that, that was, was it. the big game changer. You know, it first that started... the changing point. It first started on the real basic ones, didn't it? Like the BlackBerry and the earliest probably version of the iPhone. So I don't think then, even then, that the, the the service or what you could do or with your... Yeah, Facebook's always been shit on a phone. Phones. Even now, it doesn't work well on a phone. So it wasn't like you were sort of on it that much. Like not, you had more freedom with it than you were 
confined to your room just on your computer and your laptop doing your Facebook profile this time at least you could have it out with you you could sort of post things yeah, about your you day could, couldn't yeah. you you could say oh like you know oh, mate. just come back from the cinema yeah the odd thing like but that. you would use it sparingly because back then it cost a lot more like you didn't have free Wi-Fi everywhere it costs a lot more to actually go online so you were pretty conservative about it yeah I mean, they still called it WAP then. I don't think they even call it WAP now. <laughs> I don't even know what WAP stood for. But yeah, I mean, you, the, yeah, the, you were you you were more using it in emergencies, like oh, I've quickly got to go online to find this thing out or something, and then you quickly turn it off afterwards. It's not something you just have on permanently. Yeah, the, yeah, the most you'd even cost your fortune. The most you'd even use your Facebook profile be would be like back in the day when you were just collecting Facebook friends. You'd be like, oh, just show me your Facebook page. Or like, like let me just add you as a friend. And you'd, uh, yeah, even right. then when you were out accessing your Facebook, you weren't yeah. scrolling through mindless videos after videos, were you? The algorithms were still very basic. You know? Yeah, so like along comes Instagram and then suddenly there's a social media platform that's built for a phone. Yeah, And that one actually worked really well. And super addictive because it had the never-ending scroll, just like Facebook. And it was just images, just stuff that was visually arresting, just bam, bam, one after the next, one yeah, after they, the they next. Yeah, so they went for pictures. As they yeah, think. so it, I, I find it puts you in more of a trance than any of the others. If, if there's any social media platform that I've kind of just got lost in the scroll and then just been like, whoa. How long have I been doing that for? The scroll it's to scroll screen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that action of going, you know, scrolling up like that, apparently that that was first um, realised to be like really addictive um, during the success of Angry Birds. Really? Yeah. Because you were flicking the, uh, you know, egg or whatever, or the, oh, the, the actual bird right across the screen. Like, yeah, yeah. And... They were finding that actually as many women were playing this game as men and there was something about like, was, the action that they really liked. It was liked. pretty popular. But I do think, you know, like these games, they, they encourage just like anything else, the idea of the addiction. Well, so they found out... Fed from that. So they found out through the data that as many women like doing this motion as guys and people find it really addictive and the game obviously went viral and was absolutely huge. So... With Instagram, they wanted to implement that same technique with the finger when you're scrolling up, yeah. up and down because that that very motion had an addictive nature and quality all of its own. So even down to things like that, it had been engineered to That's be bad. really addictive from like the offset. And we're not really even going into like the content because the addictive nature is one thing, the never-ending scroll, showing you more of what you like to keep you glued to your screen longer. But then the actual content is also poisonous, yeah, really, it's, because it's so fake and it's such a warped version of reality that it's going to be messing with your head the more you're looking at this stuff. Yeah. You, you, in fact, you know what? The stuff that you find that's programmed into the algorithms that you see in your Facebook account and I wouldn't know because I'm not using mine anymore now. It's evil. But you don't get any... It's full of lies. You don't get any nourishment. Like, you know, you'll be showing videos of fights or people doing probably horrible stuff to themselves, you know, like whether it's stupid pranks on each other or stupid pranks on themselves. You know, or, you know, there's never anything that's a, like a plateau of peace 
that it's, it's always got to be something that's stimulating. It's always got to be something that's stimulating, like an emotional or something in your brain. Either like a lot of like sexual images, girls in bikinis, like you said, like prank videos, or like look what this famous rapper has done now, and and like it's even like that. Like we've obviously got an Instagram for the schism, and I've only followed other conspiracy-led stuff or people like Graham Hancock or David Icke or any of the other people we talk about yeah. obsessively. Big, and I'm still, when I'm going onto the homepage or whatever, I'm still just getting shown pictures of young girls dancing in bikinis and miniskirts and girls that are almost do it like... It's like... Like it's OnlyFans like, kind of porn stuff. It's stuff that's it's not just, even related to, yeah, the, to our like, Instagram page. Why are you seeing all of this like, junk? What the, what the fuck? Yeah, and it's just there. And, and it's constantly, like, interrupting your feed one way or another. You can't get away from it. Even if you start on Instagram, you don't follow anything even remotely like this stuff. Like, there's no way to escape it. It's it's crazy. And now, and now if you think about it, sort of... They and it's have, so toxic. They have that pro programmed now into something that you have on you daily in your pocket. Yeah. Like I said, you know, like, you, you don't realise it, but you're walking around with it like all day and yeah. it's constantly feeding into you and it's constantly trying to bring you down into lower frequencies of feeling and emotion yeah. these like base level like they even want to make you angry and get you triggered in some way or they want to like you know sexually stimulate you or make you make you want to watch porn or or, like lust over or girls. That even you can't the other ones, there's even the guilt ones. You get the ones that would be excessive amount of videos you see from countries like in trouble with famine. You know, these immigrants died. Of, I feel died like it's crossing. less less of that on Instagram and more just like flashy images of like yeah, faces like probably retouched, more yeah. retouched to hell images of people looking perfect, and it's it's more toxic in that sense and. You know, it must be terrible for like a teenage girl or something to go on there and think, oh, my body's not good enough or I'm not pretty enough or I don't have enough followers or it's young people that are using this the most. And what is it doing to their self-esteem, their self-confidence, their ability to communicate, their view of the perfect life, the perfect body, the perfect existence and the people they're looking up to on Facebook, if they're looking up to like influencers or whatever. Influencers, what a word. There's a new phenomenon now, like OnlyFans. So like it will be just like a regular girl wanting to earn a bit more money. She's a social media influencer or someone with like a decent amount of followers. And then she starts thinking, what, I need to earn money. Other girls are doing it. I'll start up an OnlyFans. And it's like a subscription, like pay for subscription thing. And they'd be maybe taking their clothes off or doing like soft porn or something. But it's dragging like all these girls mm. basically into porn I've or the beginnings of porn. I'm not sure like how hardcore these OnlyFans things are. I guess it, they vary, but yeah. the point is, is that it's almost like a recruiting service for like, hey, hard up for money? Why don't you do an OnlyFans? Everyone else is doing it. Come on. And it's like normalising selling your body. Like, Yeah, it's, it's not maybe not so much selling your body, but it's like selling your image. Like, look, it well, might be a fast track. Track into, into selling like pornography. New, porno, yeah, still selling which, new selling new pictures or something. Yeah, which, yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with. If someone wants to be a porn star or whatever, then, yeah, crack on. But we we don't want this to be a phenomenon on social media that millions of kids and teenagers use, and they're seeing this constantly. And we're going to encourage this behaviour. 
No. No. You know, Facebook, Instagram, they're all apps on your smartphone. Kids have smartphones. So, you know, social media now is, is feeding very mixed messages to, to young people. Definitely. So a must-watch is the Social Dilemma movie. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Netflix is really, really good. It's almost like a definitive documentary about the harmful nature of social media and it's kind of like an expose from silicon valley insiders almost like confessing their sins and their part in that that they played in turning social media into yeah, what it is the, today a lot of big engineers people in big positions a lot of people in the positions were, were writing the technology wouldn't it they were writing for the human response programs within it. A lot of the people that were really invested in what gets people lit, how do we get people responses? Yeah, right. You know, the and, they, and they knew deep down that they were building something highly addictive. Yeah. They and they knew that they, they were aiming it at, you know, young people, children. And they've had to live with that. And there was people, there's people full on breaking down in front of the camera and, and crying. And you can tell that they feel dreadful, that they that They've played a part in this and and they know that it's like an addictive drug that people are just putting in the hands of children. And people do, like from a really young age, like just give them the iPad yeah, yeah. or like they're getting a kid an iPhone before it's even got anyone to put in the contact list to call. Yeah. You know, get them an iPhone, like yeah. that will keep them busy. And it's like you're actually like giving your kid like a bag of crack. Like, there you go. <laughs> You'll be busy for a few hours until he's knocking on my neighbour's door, swinging back and forth. You yeah, know? actually, he'd be up all night staring at the screen. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is as dangerous as that. I mean, you know, I saw one. Of wow, the, not quite as dangerous as crack, crack but I mean, it's, it is on the lines. I saw one of the things they said about the three main goals that they have for social media was advertising, growth, and engagement. Mm. Mm. And and it, and those three things were. Were advertising growth both engaged those were, the, those were the pinnacle goals of platforms like Instagram well there's a great thing on the uh, social dilemma website where it says the technology that connects us and then the connects us bit keeps moving and it says like connects us controls us manipulates us polarises us divides us distracts us oh yeah and it keeps, us. it keeps changing at the and same it, time and it keeps yeah. changing Sick. and then it says I've got it here uh, never before have a handful of tech designers had such control over the way billions of us think act and live our lives and there's a telling phrase that's been around since the 1970s if you're not paying for the product then you are the product <laughs> and okay you know obviously that's talking about like mining data but it's also talking about what what we were saying earlier like using your own data against you to kind of keep you glued to your screen make the experience as addictive as possible and giving you these like dopamine feedbacks that's something they talk about in the social dilemma they they kind of really go into the kind of the chemical level of it and saying that we, you know we we're basically keeping you in these dopamine led feedback loops and it's really similar to how drugs work. Yeah, it's it's like you, you there's a never there's a never ending supply of it. You know, it's not like you get to you can go past a hundred video videos one after the other and it goes you're out. Well, I guess that's the difference. Unless you're a multi 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 millionaire, you you're gonna run out of money fast if you're addicted to cocaine. <laughs> 
So maybe it is worse than crack. Mm. Yeah, well, maybe we'll leave that to the audience to decide. What's worse, guys? Crack cocaine or Facebook? (laughs) Zuckerberg looks like he's on both. (laughs) The lethal combo. He's been up all night on Facebook smoking crack. crack. Yeah, you know, the one thing... Why do so jittery? It's the, it's the addictive state that it does leave you in because remember the guy on The Social Dilemma who was responsible for writing these algorithms of the Human Responses Programme, he was saying that... He Satan, himself, Satan did it through him. Satan did it through him. I mean, <laughs> you know. it wasn't he himself. I mean, he was under <laughs> guidance by the dark and powerful one. He had summoned the digital demon. He was using the dark side of the force. But, you know, he said he came home and even though from a whole day of writing this sort of stuff that gets us programmed, he was then on his own phone, on his own social network site that he created, addicted, going through videos for two hours. You know, kids crying for food, like, Dad, where's my Rice Krispies? Yeah, so you really have, like... And and he's just there himself. So you really have, like, opened Pandora's box. It's become its own beast, even as someone that's programmed the algorithms, you're getting sucked into this thing's, like, spell and its lure. Well, Even you, you're not above it, and you, and you've created the algorithms. It's it's his own beast. I don't know. You have summoned the digital demon. The place it leaves you in is nothing but darkness. <laughs> You'll be chasing a high you'll never reach. Impossible <laughs> expectations. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Yeah, I feel sorry for the users. I mean, we were the saying, users. The users. That's another quote as the well users. from Social Dilemma. It says yeah. only drug dealers and social media sites refer to their customers as users. That just kind of says it all, right? Cuts through the butter, doesn't it, that one? You'll be chasing an impossible high forever, trying to live up to impossible expectations. You'll never be good enough. Facebook has one billion users. That's a lot of Facebook. (laughs) Friend face. (laughs) In the alternate dimension. Friend face. (laughs) Connecting people. You're like... Friend face seems like it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's a shame. kind of stuck to their gums. Uh-huh. It hasn't turned into an evil corporation. It's all in the name. All in the name. <laughs> Friend face can't be evil. But yeah, it's um, it's these sort of technological prisons that they start to create for ourselves now. You have to wonder what is behind this big end game for the feeding of it. Because yeah, think- exactly. Like everything is feeding. Like every bit of information and data is all being recorded. It's all feeding. You feel like some kind of central hub, some main intelligence, some central <laughs> AI brain. I like to think of it as like an actual brain. <laughs> like, like, like a brain, giant brain as big as a house. Yeah, like James and the giant brain. brain. <laughs> Got like the, the, the veins all around it. Huge, big, juicy veins pulsating, like the brain just pulsating in a huge, like, swimming pool like jar. Beads of sweat rolling down every time someone makes a Facebook post. Yeah, and just like electrons. And it's all plugged in, like, everywhere imaginable. And then maybe sometimes, like, people like Bill Gates or like Elon Musk will pop, pop down and dum, 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 knock on the side of the cage, like, and it will come to the side like a killer whale to their hand as they're like, my pretty, like, my good brain. <laughs> good brain. My good AI brain. Bill, stop riding the brain. You know, like in uh, Armageddon. Stop riding the warhead. Yeah. Bill's like straight on it. Like he used to do that thing where he used to jump over the 
jump over the back of a chair. You ever seen this clip? No. I can jump over a chair. No. No? <laughs> Look it up, Look it up, YouTube. Bill Gates jumps over chair. Oh, he, he, he does some yeah, pretty well he'd, he'd be straight on that brain, like riding it like a buckaroo, like just putting some stirrups <laughs> on. <laughs> you have to wonder where it all goes, though. I mean, come on, mate. I mean, this is... No, it's going to a lot, central it's a intelligence. Of, it's, it's a lot of information it, as well. It's feeding. It's a lot of information. It's feeding AI. That's it, what it's doing. It's already at a point where it like the, it knows us better than we know ourselves. Sense. It 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 knows our hopes and dreams and fears and all the things that make us tick. Human psychology, behaviour, everything's recorded. Better data just means more control. The algorithms are probably even writing the algorithms now about how we behave and respond to things. Things that we probably didn't even understand. That's what I mean. Like, at what point does it become like self-teaching? AI surely has to reach a certain level if it's already not at that level where it's growing just by itself every day. It's learning more yeah. and more. And I think it's a pretty dangerous thing when you're not only feeding AI, but, okay, humans are programming in the algorithms, but then algorithms that are censoring people are essentially run by AI. So artificial intelligence is controlling what we can and can't say. And there's like this really worrying thing happening on Instagram at the moment where you go to post something and it will say, you sure you want to post that? Because similar posts have got banned. Oh, really? Like, this is similar to so other banned content. They kind of tell you that you'll get flagged or something. Like yeah, so it's sort of a like... A tree flag warning. Almost, it's not banning it, but it's kind of like stopping you before the point of delivery, which is really troubling because it's almost like thought police then because they're like coming in saying, hey, <laughs> again, in a very sort of <laughs> mafioso way, like, hey, you sure you want to post that? I mean, may not be good for your health. Yeah, and it's AI that is intercepting there it's it's ai that is effectively deciding what you can and can't say okay it's the the artificial intelligence is algorithms programmed by humans but it's the first well it's many rungs down the ladder i feel like on yeah we're still in like giving ai way too much power yeah a program that has now decided that it wants to sort of change your opinion give you its own narrative i mean we you might have just said a keyword yeah Santa just said it off. It might be taken completely out of context, but because it's flagged up on the algorithm, it then puts you off saying it, therefore has stopped you actually expressing your opinion and speaking your mind before even the point of delivery. I mean, that is just so troubling. See, you know, like... It's almost what Orwell spoke about with, like, yeah. the thought police. Thought police. Yeah. 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 It, you know, that's a really good comparison there. Because as they, they don't wait for you to, to say it or post it, or any, it gets to that point now where you know you don't even you don't even get that close. It's like the goalpost can't really be moved much closer, otherwise you'd be like in yeah. your own brain. <laughs> <laughs> Which Elon Musk is actually planning uh, twenty thirty with Neuralink. Yeah. I mean, that's that, come on, that's yeah. the next logical step, right? Yeah. That yeah. would be if you're going to move the goalpost again. If social media is not enough for brainwashing at the moment, you just think a naughty thought, and suddenly you're getting a getting a shot <laughs> taser. taser. <laughs> I like that last tweet that Donald Trump said. No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, but seriously though, I mean, like, do we want to let these psychopaths into our brains? Brains. I mean, effect. 
they're people's perceptions are already being warped they are but this gives them like a direct link linking to your your thought process and center i mean we're talking about plugging your brain into a computer and you know i'm sorry there's maybe parts of people's brains and stuff little dark universes that you don't want you to start tumbling down you know at the same time i worry that if your thought police thing can be used against you i mean i'm sorry neuralink you're not going to catch any people from mi5 using neuralink they were like, good God, the secrets we're holding. You know, you won't catch me plugged into Elon Musk's wild machine. <laughs> crikey, we live, we live ages dying in Russia by the hour. You know, like, crikey, who's going to... None of any useful brain sentiment is going to use Neuralink because that is, that is the next dangerous step on from social media, dude. Because we see the brainwashing, like we already talked before, from our, our social media accounts and stuff we get fed to get us. Now I get it directly and now fed, get straight into your fed. brain. Yeah, you won't have to log on to Facebook. You might just be feeling a bit of angry thought about why well, your dustman was late this morning. And next thing you know, your dustman's an Eastern European, but you're thinking, oh God, I wish we'd killed more of them in Bosnia. And then you're like, oh my God, why am I thinking of these horrible thoughts? You know, and you know, you don't want that neural link anywhere near you and changing your way you're thinking and emotionally, emotionally guiding you through life. I mean, you want to be as free and as and compassionate with your own thoughts as the way you treat people in life. The last thing you want is you being programmed like a fucking computer, man. I'm sorry. You'd be walking around like one of those iRobots, you know. You know, iPhone, iRobot, it's all beginning with an I. <laughs> the only thing about I is not I because it's not you. The I has been removed. The point is that what these whistleblowers have proved is that people at Facebook, they know what they're doing. They've done this on purpose. Not just Facebook, all the social media. Yes. I mean, it, it feels like it's focused more on Facebook, but they know what they're, they're doing. They, they're, they know it's addictive. They know it's harmful. They know how it affects mental health. I've just, just got some information here. Like A 5,000-person study found that higher social media use correlated with self-reported declines in mental and physical health and life satisfaction. These are tests that, that Facebook's doing themselves. <laughs> this is their, their own data gathering. Their own users. They know this, and they, they know that like from 2009 until today, the number of girls aged 15 to 19 that injured themselves rose by 62%. What? And this correlates exactly when the boom of social Jeez. media happened. Wow. And uh, for girls aged 10 to 14, which is obviously really young, they went up by 189%. That's crazy. So girls that obviously weren't even thinking about self-harming before. It's like they were suddenly turned on to this idea of, of feeling so bad about themselves. That, that, that it should be like a way of yeah. expression to get it out yeah. of you. That's terrible. And, you know, you can't blame like cell phones and social media completely. But the the, the sort of false images of perfect bodies and wealth and, and you know, like the, the perfect everything portrayed on social media it is going to make people feel bad about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and of course, it's going to have a negative effect on mental health. And they know things like the like system, people are going to yes. uh, going to want more and more likes and more comments. And if they don't get enough likes, they're going to feel bad about themselves. Yeah. They're not going to feel the popular enough. And w when you're a kid, this is just going to be turned up to 10, isn't it? I mean, 
I'm glad that we didn't have all this when we were kids. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, so so many kids will feel rotten about themselves because they don't have enough likes on Facebook or whatever. Yeah, I, I like noticed... Or are bullied on these platforms, you know. I sort of noticed, like, young guys, like, sort of 16, you know, like, Jesus year, and you were saying, actually, that in school now, and this is kind of weird for someone like our age of access or sort of the generation of what it's like being secondary, secondary school, but he said, you know, because everyone's on, like, Snapchat and stuff and Conti sending pictures all day, if you're not involved in that, like sending pictures or being tagged in pictures or, you know what I mean, you are not, then you are to be seen as one of the lesser group. You know, social media has become so important, or I'm afraid it's become so, unfortunately so important to the young people's lives that they're now judged on it. You know, how, how good they look on it or how many friends they got on it or who, what sort of pictures they're tagged in with. You know, and They might even have parents now where they do look up to their parents and their parents might be all over social media and... You know, they're just going to... Like, kids are more likely to smoke if they have parents that smoke, for example. Yeah. If they have parents that are constantly glued to their social media and stuff, that is going to have an effect on the on the kids. Probably the same parents that would give them a iPad or an iPhone at an early age as well. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of a toxic world because, you know, and I do know for one thing... It's a sick, sad world. <laughs> you know, young people have got enough... Oh, I mean, They've got I enough on their plates, plates you know. I mean, and you look at sort of, I saw that there was a big rise. I mean, I don't know what the full study was, and I'm not going to quote the full figures, but I saw there was a huge rise in depression and sort of between 14 and 21 year olds. And it was, and you looked at over the course of the year, the ones that spent so much time a day on their phone on Facebook, like example, four hours, and then they used the ones who spent only half an hour. And they just over the course of like, I don't know, six months, a year, they asked them how they felt about their life. And, and all the ones, all the ones, dude, that had spent more time on their social media profiles were more worried about life, more concerned about the way they looked, more concerned about the way they perceived. And not being good enough. And not being good enough. Essentially, because if you're trying to measure yourself up, like... We measure yourself and other people's perception of yourself. Yeah. Firstly, most people putting up a, a kind of, you know, it's not a, a true representation of their life. They're just cherry picking the best bits and make everything look as good as possible. That's like often the case. So what, what you're getting actually is in the true representation. They're not going to put up a picture. I'm oh, waiting at the bus stop again in the rain, yeah. you know, like they're, they're going to try and make their life look as exciting and perfect and oh, all happy families. Like they could have been, Oh, oh, Christmas was great. They're not going to put up, oh, I just had a row with my family at Christmas. They're going to leave that bit out. So you might be looking, oh, everyone else has got the perfect family, but my Christmas has been terrible or something. Little do you know that, well, that's actually the case of a load of other people, but they just haven't put that on social media. They just put up a perfect picture of their tree or something. You mm -hmm. think they're having a great Christmas. They might have just snuck in someone's house and taken a picture of their tree. <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> It's just for a shop. <laughs> Perfect Christmas. It's just like the facial of a shop. You like running. Bloody hell, they, they, they house is well Christmassy. <laughs> you got a picture of you holding a stocking up with it, but not your name on the stocking. <laughs> Another perfect Christmas with the family. And you're like, does that say Getty Images? <laughs> just some stock photograph. It's, I was going to say, you know, it is the, it's like the mental prison that they're going to create. And I'm not just saying for, for young people, I mean, for anyone who's using these devices. Oh, now. yeah, there's like 
adults that get caught up in what, what we call in Britain, like keeping up with the Joneses, which means like, you know, keeping up with your neighbour, having the, the same car as they've got or, or better or, you know, like going on the, oh, they, they went here on holiday. Oh, we, we've got to outdo them and go to this place. Like, it's like a real like suburban kind of yeah. track, yeah. right? And, you know, Facebook for older people can be like more about that. Like, oh, look at this couple. They're going on like the, these these like cruises and these fancy holidays. And oh, look at the car they just bought and look at their perfect family and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, the, so it's it, not just kids that are getting roped, roped into this. It's people of, of, of all well, ages, it just, really. It creates the competition. and, and Probably the, not the super elderly. You know, like the, like, like the elderly are just like, fuck, we're just a game of cards. Like, they're just not into it, but... I'd rather have a game of dominoes. <laughs> you can, you can definitely see. God the, bless them, like, and you know what? In a way, I'm glad they see this for the bullshit. Oh, no, that it really I, is. I'm glad they don't have to be subjected to it, dude. You know what? In in some way, I think about the times when we didn't have this. You know, and reflect. I'm glad that we didn't. I, I'm glad I'm not in school myself now with social media being yeah. being on it because I'm not being funny. I was on that call in school, so. You know, I could imagine, I think I would have had a real hard, hard, much harder time. But then like this same, so we've already talk, talked about people wanting to be part of the herd and, and you don't want to be the one that's left out or bullied and you want people to, to like your stuff or comment on your stuff. So it, it's, it's already kind of like zone people into this sort of frame of mind. So when like politics then comes into the mix and people are socially pressured to like oh it's not popular to like trump or oh you have to be vote this way on brexit otherwise you're a bad person or you have to get the covid jab otherwise it because that herd mentality has just been drummed into people mm. with all years and years. years of this kind of slow manipulation now they can bring in politics and sway people any way they like it feels like with the same kind of blueprint but now like it, it feels like it's getting really dangerous because now it's fueling really extremist groups it's dividing people and polarizing people more than ever yeah. it's putting people under extreme social pressure to conform yeah and not question anything it's and now more, the censorship yeah has gone through the roof that's that's the worst that's yeah. that's what i'd like to talk about next this, actually because we, we kind of talk, talked about the birth of so, social media where it's gone right up until sort of 2000 like, and say 19 well <laughs> and then past that point i mean come on like wow from then until now i, I mean the, the censorship everything that's gone on during through it's it's almost like reaching china levels of censorship now where I saw a thing on the BBC the other day where they were saying, we, 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 we're now going to take action to ban content that even though it's not legal, we think it could be harmful. Sorry, even though it's not illegal. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, believe it could yeah, be yeah. harmful. And, the, and then there was another bit that said, like, banning stuff, whether it's true or not, if we think it will cause harm, we're going to take it down. So it's all to do, they, they, they keep saying this word harm, you know, but it's a very hard to define word isn't it like yeah cause harm mm. or be harmful it's like so what if someone's like i'm offended and <laughs> that like qualifies like in their eyes it's it's so it's so blurry isn't it so it's like basically them saying anyone that's going against the official narrative on vaccines or the covid agenda we can just take down yeah so 
now we're seeing you know everything we spoke about is social media already and and i think the social dilemma come out before all this yeah it it did so it's like now you almost feel like they could make another movie because now it's kind of shifted gear and the censorship going on is crazy i mean there was like a lot of people that i followed on youtube like i loved david Icke's youtube channel and the whole thing got removed not just the video where he spoke about the pandemic everything yeah. hundreds of his videos all just gone and i think the same thing happened with like alex jones london real a lot of people that i followed loved the love their content all just got removed i'm sure they they lost plenty of stuff that they didn't have you know backed up or whatever like it's not like these people are corporations they're just people trying to get get the word out and have these kind of discussions on what they thought was a free platform well yeah. they're very much mistaken because as soon as the pandemic kicked in they just went in guns yeah, blazing that was just it. taking down youtube channels yeah. after youtube channels it, it's getting really extreme and a lot of people's argument was sort of like well they're private companies you're using them as a service for free if you violate their terms and agreements mm. then you know that's up to them they're private companies and then people were sort of okay fair, fair enough so they started up their own ones, like yeah. Parler and stuff like that. And then they got taken down. So, yeah. so <laughs> it blows that argument out the water, doesn't it? Because it's like, well, even when we try to start an alternative, that gets shut down as well. So, yeah. I mean, it gets the point, you know what? There's, there's, there's so much censorship going on that like, just like you touched on it earlier with oil, that the censorship police come in so early now, Reese. I mean, like, you know, it's a matter of not even having them to be notified. There'll be algorithms in place. Now, if you post something on Instagram about COVID, it doesn't matter what it is. It could even be a personal experience where you put a video up saying, oh, I've just had an adverse effect to the vaccine. I'm coughing up blood. It will post up a COVID warning. If you want real information about COVID, come here. Or, or it might even censor it from going up now. But even if it's a... If it's your experience, yeah, on a platform like so, like Facebook or Instagram, has already said no. Yeah, that's not the official narrative that we support. Even yeah. if there's no proof of the official narrative, you're not allowed to. Or if you will, there'll be something coming your way, like censorship. You'll be banned for a day, or yeah, or shadow banned. Like one of my my main Facebook account just gets no traction now. No one clicking on it at all. So they can they can censor you, they can ban you, they can shadow ban you. They, they there's so many ways for them to suppress what you're putting out there. And if you put something out that violates their terms and agreements, they take it down, and there's nothing you can do about it. I feel like social media at this point has been hijacked by the powers that be, who fully control what gets seen, what doesn't get seen what gets pushed, what doesn't get pushed, what gets censored and what doesn't get censored. And I've never been surer than since the pandemic kicked off. I think it's bloody obvious at this point that this is all coming from a centrally organised point where they are trying to censor everything. And if it keeps going from one extreme to the next, it will end up being like the internet in China. It will be fully censored. You have to go on the dark web. Yeah. Even then, but then they then they probably say like, "There's a ten thousand pound fine for going on the dark web." You know, probably. <laughs> 
15 years in prison, more than a child molester. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to like, start throwing like, some mad penalties you, out there. We you, like, fuck it out. You probably wouldn't even get to type it in. You would like go <laughs> ghost the letters over the keyboard and it would already be like... Whoop, whoop. Other people that have typed in the words dark and web together. <laughs> it's a dangerous uh, future, the power that comes with technology. I think that's why following one, we're going to touch a little bit on how the darkest force is definitely going to be the force that might create itself. You know, what happens when the machines that we create, that are now creating our emotions for us, that are freely doing it, you know, there's not people running behind Facebook, there's just machines, it's a few people. It's a lot of machines, a few people. And now, what have they unleashed? Bear in mind, these things now are already swaying our opinion, or already got into our Facebook profiles and made us choose political sides. I think the biggest beast now, dude, Oh, and... uh are now pushing a vaccine agenda. So they're now deciding what we put into our bodies, bearing in mind it's synthetic material as well. It's technology. Yes, more more than that. More could, technology. More technology. I mean, the vaccine could effectively be artificial intelligence, if you even think about it. Yes, yeah, I mean, I guess nanotechnology, nanobots would be classed as AI. So AI. it's, it, you know, it's yeah. all, it, it's all linked, isn't it? And... I think that's where, where we want to go with the next episode. We've uh, we talked about social media. We, we want to go in deep with AI and talk about things like um, the smart grid and uh, smart yeah. everything, smart meters, yeah, it's got smart be, fridges. It's got to be smart now, isn't it? Crikey, the only thing that's not smart is me, mate. <laughs> and smart, really, I mean, when you know, smart, you're talking about intelligence, intelligence. you're talking about AI. We'll be talking about that and talking about Agenda 2030 and Neuralink and all these exciting things that these crazy lot have got planned for us in the not so distant dark dystopian future ahead <laughs> i hope you enjoyed that episode of the schism we've got plenty more episodes on the way in the meantime follow us on our instagram at schism.tv and keep watching the skies Thank you.